0: All right, well, welcome back to uh, Musings of an Extrovert. My name is Darvin Muentes. I am your host and your resident extrovert. Uh, Thank you all who have been listening uh, for a while now. You guys have been awesome, and I want you to know that I make this content for you. Uh, I sit down every week and try to get someone to interview uh, just for you guys so you guys can have some fun content to listen to while you're driving to work. Uh, while you're driving home from work and so you can discuss some some things that are talked about with your friends Um, so like always please like and subscribe go ahead and hit that bell notification if you're listening on YouTube that way you can get notified every single time an episode drops well today my guest is uh, this is a fun guest for me uh, and hopefully it's fun for this guest to be on the podcast this is my future father-in-law, Gregory Woodard.
1: Hello, Darvin. Hey, you know, it's great to be here. And I told Darvin a while ago, I said, you need to have an introvert on your podcast. So I am your resident introvert. So how about that? <laughs> he is the resident introvert for the day. And I'm very excited about
0: that. Typically, my resident introvert, my more regular resident introvert is your daughter.
1: That is That is true. She <laughs> is probably not... Quite as introverted as I am, but uh, she definitely is an introvert on, yes. the, on, that, on that side of the scale. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When uh, So this is not at all within, within the scope of our questions, but um, when did you kind of like really think about the fact that, oh man, I recharge much more when I'm on my own, when I'm, you know, doing things on my own. When did you first like realize that?
1: Yeah. You know, I... I look back and I've always had introverted tendencies. I was a loner in school. I've always had a very small circle of friends. I, I, I think I began to understand this I this dynamic of recharging alone with alone time when I probably really I really picked up on it when I was in uh, my my first real job outside of seminary. I was a dean of men at a faith-based drug and alcohol recovery program. Mm -hmm. And that required a lot of people interaction every day, multi-hours a day, I would be across the desk with with the student or out and about walking through the facility. And I knew I needed to take a break in the mid-afternoon, shut my door, and have nobody knocking, nobody asking me anything. I needed a little bit of time to recoup, and I would even take an hour out of some parts of the day, and I'd go for a run. And I—that was probably the first time I really—and I think I had enough—I uh, uh, had enough understanding of personalities in general that I began to understand that dynamic of mm-hmm. of introvert, extrovert people drain me and learned, learned extroverted skills. I think probably also when I got married, Vicki's definitely an extrovert and does not recharge alone. I mean, mm-hmm. she has a need, she does not enjoy alone time, but she's going to find, she exercises with somebody. You know, that's her preferred way. I yes. prefer to exercise alone. So mm. those are the probably the two biggest areas. And then in my current environment as a as a chaplain, it's the same. I have a lot of people interaction, and I know sometimes I need to close my office door. So probably, yeah, you know that that early that early uh, ministry job. Yeah. Before the chaplain. Well, that that
0: makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're really spending a, a ton of time with a bunch of other people that's likely gonna, if you need time alone, that's likely gonna reveal that fact. Absolutely. And if you don't need it as much, which I think all, all people need some amount of time alone, um, but it's not as valued by some as it is by others because of the fact that for some, it is going to be that ability to rejuvenate in that time. So for instance, you you working out alone, that's an interesting dynamic but it makes sense to me because well you know if you're it working out gives you energy typically it it, it will release endorphins it will release things that will let you feel energized um, if you're an introvert and you get more more energized from being alone it would make sense that you'd feel better after a workout if you weren't interacting with others
1: yeah you know i i interact all the time people are always asking me for things or you know telling me the 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 challenges of their life and for me being able to put in a pair of headphones listen to a podcast or an audio book and and work out alone ride my bike uh row i don't i don't run anymore but you know the rowing and biking are the normal things that i do Mm -hmm. it gives me it gives my brain a chance to to stop and to be filled with something that is edifying to me, yep. it, it definitely is uh, a personal, alone exercise. I mean, you know, in the military, we do a lot of group stuff, too. But mm-hmm. my yeah, it's definitely my preferred, and it really is an, an important part of my self-care.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So um, tell tell our audience, besides being an introvert, uh, something interesting about yourself. What is, uh, what's a fun fact about Greg Woodard?
1: Yeah, so... Uh, you know, I, I I don't I have a lot of interesting different experiences. I guess the thing that surprises a lot of people is that I was uh, enlisted Marine when I was a younger man. Um, I turned twenty uh, in boot camp in San Diego. I turned twenty one in Okinawa. Wow. Um, so my yeah my I guess that's a surprise for people. They they don't they don't think uh, they don't look at me and think you know, that I was a Marine at one point in my life. But that's, that's an and then the other interesting factoid, like, well, maybe we'll get into a little bit more, is that I got out of the military for a long period of time. And then I came back in. Uh, so I have I have two different services. I have uh, Marine Corps life as an enlisted guy. And then I came back in in my early 40s into the Navy chaplaincy. Hmm. And so I've ha- I have two in- active stints of, of military duty, that have been uh, completed well the second one's almost near it's nearing completion mm-hmm. that i have done in two very different phases of my life and in two very different kinds of environments so. yeah yeah um so my audience
0: loves when i talk about liana they love liana i mean who doesn't you know um, she is incredible and they also love kind of that um just the fun fun dynamics of the different things we talk about when i have liana on the show uh we talk about some wedding planning stuff we talk about uh thing differences between her and i um so here's a fun liana related question for you how do you feel how did you feel the very first time liana brought me home to visit
1: i could answer that question a lot of different ways (laughs) my you know, we've raised both of our children. I have also have a son. Uh, if David, if you're listening, uh, you, I'm proud of you as well. This is a focal point moment on Liana. And I'm thinking about how we've raised both of our children to, with, with a distinct set of values. I tried to create an environment where both of them could, could grow and be the people that they are. And one thing that as they've both entered into adult life, I trust both of my children to make to have to 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 have strong values, to make wise decisions. They both are flourishing as adults. And I knew Liana, I know her well enough to know that when she decided that she was gonna bring a guy to our home, that he probably there was a likelihood that they had really already been thinking about that. Maybe this is this is the one. Liana has not been one that's dated dated very much over the course of her journey. And so when I met when I met you, I remember I drove up to the uh, on the on a military base. If you don't uh, darling, I don't have access. So they have to have somebody escort them onto the base. So I met them at the gate where that would happen. And that was the first moment that I met Darvin. I was, I was wearing my uniform. I was coming from work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I so, so that's the one thing. I, I, knew, I knew if she brought you, in this case, it was you, home, mm-hmm. that she was very serious and it was something that, that you were somebody that I knew that I, I had a great deal of comfort believing that I would be able to trust you as a young man to take care of my daughter. Um, so, so that's the big thing is trusting Liana. When I first met you, uh, I, you know, I, I knew a little bit about you. Liana had, uh, obviously shared a little bit and mm-hmm. we, we were all pretty excited. So, um, I think, you know, it was, uh, I, I watched your exuberance the way that you cared for her. Uh, I noticed that you, um, you know, that, that you really, you obviously were somebody who had a, a lot of ideas for what the future would hold had had a good plan um it was an in, we enjoyed watching you interact with liana and the joy that you brought to her um those are all things that i remember observing and noticing when, when we first met you
0: yeah how did uh how did you feel about this this infamous
1: list that liana sent <laughs> oh yeah that's a funny story so here's a funny for liana so we had uh I believe it was a 19-item list that had been sent. Vicky got a, a text or an email. I don't remember how she sent it, but it was a request list for uh, for Darwin, things that <laughs> Darwin liked or didn't like. Oh man! And so, so I became aware of it. So there was probably, there was a little part of me that I'm sure I I probably made a comment like, "Well, this guy must be a real diva." But then, but then the other the re, the the real part of that statement. Uh, is that that is so typical of Liana. She's so aware and in tune with yep. what another person desires, likes, needs. She's very selfless. Yep. She notices things, and so there was a uh, some of what I just said was a little bit facetious. I didn't I didn't think Darwin was a was a diva, <laughs> but what I did understand was that Liana Really liked Darwin because she took the time yeah. to send us a list to make sure that Darwin would be comfortable When he we didn't have just drop 50 orange juice we had real orange juice <laughs> uh, There's a few other things that but that's the one I remember. Oh, my so goodness. so yeah, it was it's 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 still funny A fun thing that we like to tease her a little yeah. bit on is Yeah, the, that was the, a really fun trip
0: that, that very first visit was a really fun one. I, uh, we we teased Liana together uh you me and david pretty yeah pretty david regularly. was here the, yeah. the cookies cookie like story kooky uh, you know all of that stuff yeah. it was a lot of fun yeah um, and yeah so let's go ahead and move on into some <clears throat> some uh, stuff about you uh, so you already kind of shared a little bit about your story so when you were 20 you turned 20 in boot camp. You turned 21 Okinawa. Tell us a little bit about your experience across the Marines, into the Navy, into being a chaplain in that, your story from going from military life to civilian life back into uh, military life, all of that
1: yeah oh i could take the entire podcast and tell you that story so (laughs) i'll compress it down this is going to be like 30 years of my life compressed down into a a couple minute statement so i i i I hit i have a total of 19 years of service i hit 19 years on the first of september uh in 2023 this time next year i'll hit 20 years and i'll retire um so yeah there's the you know i wish i had a a reason other than the, the reason that I'm going to express for why I joined the Marine Corps—I I show I got tired of looking for a job. It was right out of—I didn't do real well in college. Uh, the first time uh, I have attained uh, multiple academic degrees since then, but the first time, first go around was not—it uh, was not a pretty sight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left college and then just frankly got tired of looking for a job. So I ended up at a recruiting center. The Marines were the most responsive and Marines are Marines. And you have to understand the culture a little bit to understand this statement, but they are, I've been in the Navy and the Marine Corps and been around other services. So I know other services are going to have some disagreement with what I'm getting ready to say. The Marines are the best, are the sharpest dressers in their uniform. Mm. They take the most pride in the way they wear their uniform. Um, And the uniform doesn't change. So, I so they and they and, and they look sharp in their blues. All that to say I showed up at the recruiting center. They were very responsive, very professional. And before I knew it, I was I was enlisted. Uh, obviously, I had shared this with my mom and dad. At that point, I was 19. So still needed a little bit of uh, I didn't need the approval from mom and dad. But you know, my mom and dad relationship was very good. So I had to make sure they understood the why and and were comfortable with it all Mm -hmm. that happened Uh, I enlisted my first tour as I said earlier was in Okinawa Um, and I had never been more than I'd probably never been more than an hour away from home uh, away from my parents my entire my entire childhood so that was a big you know so going off to boot boot camp uh, flying from Des Moines to San Diego and then Going through the training process, did my MOS training, my my occupational specialty training in Alabama. And then from there, had a little bit of leave and then flew to Okinawa. Um, so I did that, enlisted, uh, did my time as a Marine enlisted. I was an am- ammunition warehouseman, did some administrative work um, and then and then went through a whole a, a long period of time between services, had a variety of jobs. One of those, one of them was the one I mentioned earlier. There were a few others along the way in there. I married uh, Vicki, uh, worked on and completed my college and seminary degree. And then a friend of mine went into the chaplaincy. I declined at that time. He asked me to consider it. I, I, I said, no, but then life happened. Uh, Organizational changes required some changes. My dad uh, died in the in the late it would have been about two thousand seven. I'm probably getting the date wrong, but my dad passed, um, and that just caused me to do some reevaluation of my life. An army army chaplain recruiter contacted me. Mm-hmm. I said yes initially the army, but then switched my my package over. Remembered my roots as a marine. Uh, Navy chaplains serve the Marines. They serve the Coast Guard and the Navy as well. Uh, so, and then, you know, obviously the service type, the type of service that we do is chaplains is very different than the enlisted. We're here to support the enlisted. Mar- uh, chaplains are non combatants. Mm-hmm. So we're here to support the, the warfighter. Um, very different services, very different time of my life. I was married, I uh, had two young children. So I uprooted both uh, uh, all three of them into a life that was very different than what they Leon and Dave were too young, really, to understand what what the dynamic was, but it turned their life in a very different direction than otherwise yeah. would have. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the, the, the short version of 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 the two different services. And yeah. then, yeah, that time as a civilian, uh, it, you know, it gives me a lot of um, a lot of Marines. Especially when you get into the senior enlisted world, it's all they've really ever known for their their entire adult life, uh, and and having some experience of what life is like outside of the military uh, yeah. is is a benefit. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I just
0: thought about this. If and I mean, you could say this about a million of our decisions. You know, I feel like every decision has some sort of implication in the future that you just don't know about. Um, but had you not chosen the military then you guys never probably likely would have never gone to Norfolk um, and uh, Virginia Beach Hampton Roads so yeah. I likely would never have met the woman that I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with so well yeah or this particular woman so yeah
1: yeah you know that's there's there's lots of things I, I could there's any number of different points in my life that I could point to Originally. When I came out of the Marine Corps, my original plan was to go back to Southern California and go to college. Mm. If I'd have done that I never would have met Vicki yep because I met Vicki when I was on staff at a church yep out of college. Uh, you know so the whole of my life I can I can when you have I'm a little more seasoned uh, uh, I have a little less hair than Darvin has um, <laughs> And so I've lived a lot of life and I have a lot of a lot of years to look back on and i can see different points where yep. there were there i call them inflection points yep. a decision was made that that profoundly impacted the course of the rest of, of the of the later years yeah. and one of them is definitely that our children would have had an entirely different experience would have met very different kinds of people yep. as they grew into adulthood and they both would would I think say that this this life that I chose as it was me that chose it along with Vicky uh, was challenging for them. Um, I like to believe that it created some resilience in them, but I know it was also challenging. Yeah. But the blessing of having been ex- having experienced a variety of places uh, is very different than the upbringing that I had, which I had a very good upbringing, but I never really moved away from home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's about the same for me i mean like we moved from uh bronx new york to lebanon pennsylvania first moved to anvil pennsylvania and lived um near the center of anvil uh which someday we have to take a trip all together to to pennsylvania if you guys move back to hampton roads that'll be an easy thing to do at that point you know
1: yeah, you know, uh, there's something about chocolate in Pennsylvania that I have a great interest in visiting, yes. so I think it's yes. a place called Hershey, yep. Pennsylvania, so there's it's a... it's not there, far from, from
0: my house back at home. There's, so.
1: That's not the only reason I want to vis- visit Pennsylvania, but you know, the interesting thing, Darvin, is that would be a great experience, but I've never been back to where Vicky grew up. Really? So it's just not ever worked in the sequence of the wow. way that our lives have been, and I've, yeah. I've Trips have been made there, but I haven't been able to be on those trips because of military commitments. Wow. Um, so that is another trip that we probably yeah. have to make at some point. So is that going to gonna be on
0: point. the on the docket when uh, retirement comes around? Well, you know, around?
1: I have a list in my head based on a question Darby prepped me with. And uh, North Dakota's not on it. But I might now have to add it <laughs> since it's been since it's brought, been brought up in this podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah since so you probably heard it over there, too. So right now I have a speaker uh, set up in the house for Liana and uh, Vicky to be able to listen to our uh, conversation. So I think they might have heard that. So you might have to make a trip. Uh, that might have to be the first one. Um, <laughs> so what? Uh, what cool things do you have coming up? So you you let everyone know that you're coming up on retirement. Twenty years in the service. Thank you for that service, by the way. Um, but twenty years. So retirement's coming up, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to in the future?
1: Well, first and foremost, I'm looking forward to retiring from the military. I've had a great ride in the military, as as Darvin just said, I've done 20 years. So that's, first and foremost, I'm very excited that that, it's a transition point that will come in the next, uh, well, a year from now. Um, You know, interesting things that we got planned. Uh, You know, we wanna do some traveling. We're both still, I mean, I'm retiring from the military and, and uh, but I'm not retiring from work. So we're both going to be doing work of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I I have an idea that I want to take Vicky to Portugal. We have, I got to do almost a week's stay in Portugal on my way back from my now, which is now my last deployment, my shipboard deployment. Mm-hmm. Um we, you know, this year we've got some, uh, we got to travel. We got a trip coming up to Asheville. We get to go to the Billy Graham Center um, as military chaplains. That'll probably be the last military chaplain experience that we get to go do f- for that. Uh, I haven't told Vicki this one yet, so she's probably hearing me say this, but we have a potential opportunity to go to, to, go to Puerto Rico oh, uh, with, some, with, with some things that I'm doing right now. Um, my family's all back in Iowa, so we're. I'm. I get. We all. We get. We both get a certain number of days of of vacation slash leave. It never has felt like we have the time to do a drive. We've dri- We've driven across the country a couple of times with tri- with moving. Mm-hmm. Um, we're thinking about doing a, a road trip. A road trip. A road trip. Trip back to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. that will be coming up. Um, those are the big things we probably got a few other things along the way
0: yeah yeah so those are kind of like trips do you have and you said that you're not done with work do you have work lined up already or are you planning on doing some type of business venture
1: yeah so I have an LLC I formed an LLC back in early part of this year um, coaching business so I coach uh, I do some uh, leadership and in, in life and Enneagram Coaching. So I built, I, I formed an LLC around that. Um, that business is only just beginning. Uh, along the way, I'm, I, you know, I work with with a couple of clients. Uh, eventually, in the next little while, some educational things. Maybe building out. An, I'm planning to build out an online course. Do some group group coaching. Want to want to do a membership site. Um, you know, maybe this maybe. Podcasting will be something that I that I'll do. Um, I want to write a book, uh, so you know there's a lot of things that I think outside and being m- outside of the military environment um, mm-hmm. that 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 LLC the business will give me a chance to 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 develop into whatever that will look like in into the future. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you um, had any kind of leisure pro- projects that you've been working on that, you know, for the times when you're not coaching, for the times when you're not, um, I don't know, doing, doing vacationing or anything like that, all the other times that you're gonna have to fill within your retirement time, <laughs> um, what, uh, what are some of those leisurely things that you'd like to like to do?
1: You know, I've never been one to work with my hands. Vicky will tell you that I've never, it's never been important to me to have like the immaculate garage. If you walk out to my garage right now, you'll see that I don't really have an organizational system. (laughs) But I, you know, I've had this thing in the back of my mind that maybe, you know, Dave has talked to me a little bit. He said, "Dad, we got to get, and he picked a certain kind of motorcycle. He picked a Triumph. Other people have told me there's other bikes that might be better suited to this, but Regardless, some maybe like a uh, we've, I've, we've talked about getting a bike and then and that needs that needs a lot of repair work and then just working towards restoring it. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, I've toyed with the idea of getting a classic car of some sort and doing that, but you know, people who know me would be like, that's gonna go nowhere because you don't ever work with your hands, but um. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like to write. Uh, I do a bit of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, my big thing right now is, is looking out my windows and watching the birds. So we got <laughs> a little bird arboretum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love know. these these birds. Are They're already on the, the bird feeders over here right now. Got yeah. some. What is that? Is that a dove? That'd yeah, we
1: though. we have all kinds. Uh, if my mom were here, she'd be able to tell you all the different kinds of <laughs> birds that we have show up. We have robins and bluebirds and orioles and a variety yeah. of others. You know, I also like to bike, so I bike some. And I I guess my probably my it's one of my hobbies is to bike. Mm. So that's maybe I'll be able to you know I I do enough. I like do 10, 12 miles, but maybe it, maybe I begin to work towards. I don't know, a century ride or a 50-mile ride or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. So if you guys go to Puerto Rico, there is, I mean, it is beautiful out there. You are going to get some good food. Um, Are you guys planning on going to uh, San Juan? Is that where the Well, I mean, is this potential opportunity going to be in
1: San Juan or is it going to be elsewhere in
0: in Puerto Rico? So
1: I don't know anything about what might happen is I'm doing some training with somebody right now and he's talked about the possibility of doing a face-to-face retreat with his cohort, Uh, so I don't know any details. I have been to Ponce. I spent two days on the island of Ponce when I was on board the ship we pulled in and I got to go ashore with with some Marines and sailors and do a, a community relations project Mm-hmm. So I've been on the ground in, in, in Puerto Rico just very briefly. Have some friends that spent uh, a couple of well, he did one Coast Guard tour in Puerto Rico, but to answer your question more directly, to Darwin, I I don't know where it's at. I would idea. imagine gotcha. it's in a uh, you know pretty nice area of Puerto Rico. Yep. Um, but beyond that, I don't have any idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you get a chance to go to Puerto Rico for any
0: length <laughs> of time, it is an awesome place to go to. Now, the name isn't going to make you excited about going to it. So I'll just say it's an island off of Puerto Rico that you have to take a boat to get to. But it's beautiful white sands, gorgeous crystal blue water. Um, They have cabanas that have little restaurants in there. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really great spot. Uh, It's called La Isla de Culebras,
1: which means Island of Snakes. Um. <laughs> you know, that makes me want to go. I, I am a snake fan. No,
0: oh, not. my gosh. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about this coaching business. Tell me what gets you excited about coaching. Uh, why did you start the coaching business? What made you want to get into it?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I've done informal coaching for most of my adult life. Uh, I, I, I think of coaching as walking a journey alongside people. In my professional world now, as a chaplain, people are coming to me and and wanting, you know, real well, real specific guidance on suggested next steps. Yeah, coaching is very different than that. It's it's really asking people good questions that help them to formulate their own journey into what they, they want to be in their own their own journey of self discovery. My big thing in coaching is I like to walk the journey with people as they, as they take a deep dive into who they are as people. And I think once you understand yourself at the deepest level, that can have a profound impact on your vocation, on the work that you do, uh, that can have a profound impact on your relationships. And it really goes to the point of, of when, when you really understand how you're wired it helps you to really move with confident with confidence into alignment with who, who God has wired you to be. And and it goes into all those different things I just mentioned, your vocation, it goes into your relationships, and it, it creates an opportunity for you to live your best and most flourishing life. So that is my goal in coaching is to help people align themselves to who they are at their truest, at the truest, deepest sense of who they are. And, and to then walk confidently in that, and whatever that means in the rest of their life. Mm. Uh, it, it could mean that they make some vocational changes. It, it I trust it'll help them in, in, in the way they relate to people. I think when when people understand who... Like, if you're talking about a married couple, when you understand yourself at a deep level, when you understand your spouse at a deep level, it, it can really... Um, it, it can, it changes the way that you relate. Um, so really that's what I'm all about is really wanting to help people live their best life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, how have you seen throughout your life, your faith influence your desire to help coach people?
1: Well, I think it took me a long time to, we jokingly say military people will jokingly say that we're We'll ask each other, "What are we gonna? What are you gonna do when you grow up?" And a lot of us are still trying to figure out what we're gonna do when we grow up. Mm. Um, you know, I think there was a, there's a couple things that I would say in response to that, Darwin. My one thing is that um, when the when I un, when I understood, well, you asked me earlier about when I understood that I needed alone time as an introvert. Mm-hmm. introverts we're not going to be the life of the party you know we're going to I social gatherings I, I enjoy them if I can find another introvert um, <laughs> and, we, and we but really you know and Vicki is part of that journey with me as, as we move into social environments relationships uh, I do love people and I think sometimes the misnomer of an introvert is that we don't like people, but I think that's an example of having a, a strong sense of self-awareness. I think when when I when we understand how how we're wired at our deepest levels, how God has wired us, how our personalities were formed, we can do we well. We're we're more apt to, to live a flourishing life because mm-hmm. we're, we're more apt to be doing things in alignment with who we are. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it really it's it's. And then, you know, the other part of it is this whole relational dynamic with God. So I think, you know, I think coaching help helping people to understand how God created them opens up a new avenue for relationship with God as well. hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, know that's so that that's important. Is to know the things of yourself, the things that that make you, that give you energy, the things that make you feel good, the things that make you feel bad. Um, I think in a lot of ways, knowing the things that make you feel bad is in a really great way of figuring out vocation, um, mm-hmm. because the things that make you feel good, while some of those things that make you feel good can be work some of those things also are going to be very hard to make you feel work so if you know or, or to give you work for instance music i love music music makes me feel very very good it can be a possible career it's not a probable career for me thus i don't like feeling like i can't you know eat Today, if I don't go out and play for six hours and, and make money, I don't like that feeling. So knowing that I don't like that feeling means, hey, maybe I should choose something else that I'd like to ma- be my vocation. Or at least if I want to get there, I need to figure out a different way to get there. Um, because I knew the thing that I didn't like and that I don't enjoy or don't feel. Mm-hmm. And most people don't enjoy not having a plate of food mm-hmm. on their table uh, mm-hmm. most days. So... Um, I mean, sometimes you don't want to eat, but, you know, that that means there's probably some other stuff that's going on. Um, not the normal human response is to want to have a meal. And, you know, I know that I don't like that feeling. Um, and also within my own, my own business. So this is actually something that um, I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs say. Uh, but I've also heard a lot of entrepreneurs say on the other side, to the opposite of this as well, that... Um, a lot of these big name entrepreneurs, the reason they became successful, they attribute to the fact that they were desperate. And that yeah. desperateness gave them the hunger to succeed. Yeah. Um, whereas there are other entrepreneurs that build their business on the side of working. And uh, so that's what I'm doing is I'm building my business while I'm still working and putting food on the table. Um, on the other side because I know that I need to have food on the table and I've also been in the Situation of not having a job and having to put food on the table And I knew what that felt like and I didn't like that feeling Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to give myself that feeling again So Mm -hmm. being able to put food on the table and then work on this on the side I mean, I'm working on it. This right here is part of that, you know working on that business. So uh, how have you felt within, so uh, I know that you're moving off into retirement. However, you're looking for some other things to be doing on a regular basis. Um, how how do you feel you're that kind of like pull and tug? Like, do you want to run into uh, just doing your business full time? And, you know, you're in a different situation. You're getting closer to retirement. So you probably have stuff saved up. So you're not feeling like, oh, there's not going to be food on the table. But it's still that do I jump into a business on its own or get a job and work on a business, you know?
1: Yeah, so I think there's, that's a very good question. I've, I have the same, as I've walked through some training with some different people, one thing I understood in a recent training opportunity, in a recent coaching opportunity, I had somebody who was coaching me. She asked me a very specific question. It was about this idea of, you know, what is it that you really want? and that was a, was a question I had thought about, but one thing I say when people ask me, you know, the why of the business, well, I say, well, I, wanna, I want the work to be where I am. I have, been, I have spent, and I'm not in any way disparaging being involved in, in the context of organizations. Mm-hmm. I've been inside of an organizational setting, and frankly, I don't know what the, what the percentages are, but many people spend most of their adult life, if not all of their adult working life, working in the context of an organization, my dad spent 40 years working in the context of an organization. Mm-hmm. I've spent the majority of my of actually all of my it's been different organizations, my dad has a, had a path in one organization, I've had a path in, in a variety of organizations. But the common denominator is it's been inside of an organization. Yeah. And when I decided, Vic and I decided that I was going to retire, this year this coming year from the military one thing that i committed to one of the reasons was i didn't want to work inside of an organization yeah now having said that as i've begun as i've moved closer to retirement that decision was back in in the february time frame now as i'm under a year i have a lot of education so there's some educational reasons behind this point of my conversation, my answer mm-hmm. is, I, I have a desire to explore the possibility of working inside of a, of, of a church organization. M- maybe looking at that at some point, as I'm moving, you know, obviously, Darwin's just said it. I'm moving towards the, the real retirement, which will be probably another decade or so. Um, but moving into a place where I could do coaching, a business, my uh, coaching business, and whatever else that becomes, mm-hmm. part time, and with a good, with a good return on the investment, and then continuing inside of of a, of a church structure to to do some to add some value in that kind of a setting too. Yeah. So I think as I've been moving towards the the, the what's what's the next thing. Uh, it feels a little bit it feels like at least that's a possibility. But I want the coaching I want I still have a very strong desire to be in a specific area and I don't desire in my retirement to 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 chase the job and to go where the job is at. I want the job to be where I am at. Yeah. So somehow mixing and matching both of those together. Yeah. Is what I desire to do. Yeah. Yeah, for me that that sounds a little bit
0: like in said in other words I don't want to work for someone else the rest of my life I want to be able to do work because so your businesses and services or products they are working for someone else but the person that I want to work for is the client I don't want to work for the organization so yeah. you know when when it comes to, like for instance, I work at Regent University now. Love my job, Love, I think it's an incredible place to be, incredible uh, workplace, it, you know my, my work-life balance, it allows me to be able to work on my business. But I want to further that mission as far as I can further my mission to build my business, to build my marketing agency, to build this podcast, and to build my family. Um, to be able to offer my services to the world, um, and, you know, then make a departure from working in the organization all the while, you know, adding value to another organization and serving people Mm -hmm. by doing that. Um, but at that point, then if there's anyone working for anyone, it's going to be someone working for me and we're working for the client together and I won't be the one working for someone else, um. And that's what drives me to build this. Yeah. That's what drives me to actually do all this, and why you know the desperation doesn't necessarily give me any any strength or vigor, other than the fact that I just am looking for, you know, uh, fine or financial stability, um, which I can get in a job, and then I can actually let the fire of desiring to be out yeah. drive me, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a big part of what I think about with coaching, too. It's a chance to continue to add value to people and to and to and to and to to narrow the field of the people that that I work with. Uh, I find a lot of value in in kind of the all you know, everybody has access to me in my current professional world. And that's, that's important, and they need it. But I think, you know, as you move into as, as you work in, as, as I work towards my, uh, to grow my business, there really is an ideal client base um, that I'm looking at and, and a very specific kind of person that I want to work with. And yeah. uh, I think there's uh, there's value in understanding the kind of person that you want to work with and the kind of client that you want to work with. Yeah. Uh, and then some that you, that, that aren't going to be suited to what, you can offer. And I think if you understand that you can add the value to the, to to the right kind of people that will be, well, that will be able to receive the most value from what you're trying to offer them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a really fun conversation.
0: Uh, how can people find you? How can they, they find where they can do coaching with you? Uh, if they'd like to do coaching, how can they, um, figure out if coaching is something that they need, where can they go?
1: Well, the best place to find out about more about me and to and to access what I offer is at Greg as it's my name dot uh, com. Greg Woodard, gregwoodar dot Very simple. I really desire to to work with people in guided conversations, helping them to gain clarity about their truest self and gain confident alignment with who God wired them to be and with their God-given purpose for their life. Yeah. Well, I will be linking
0: to his website in the description. Um, Greg, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, it was great to uh, be part of this, Darvin. I I appreciate being invited to be the resident introvert (laughs) on the musings of an extrovert podcast. Yes.
0: Well, I'm sure we'll probably have you back on the show in the future um, as you're going to be my father-in-law. So. You know, whatever we want to do a podcast episode together, we can.
1: Yeah, and hopefully it's not just because I'm your father, going to be your father-in-law. Well, but, that, but there that makes that, it
0: easier access. That I, is a I'd built-in say. advantage. <laughs> yes, that is
1: very true, and that is why we desire to live. Uh, part of why we desire to live in Virginia Beach to yeah. be near. Darvin, Liana, and then whatever is added to their family in the future. <laughs>
0: oh man! Well, thank you everyone who is listening to the podcast. Um, again, you guys make it worth it. I am so excited that I get to do this all the time, um, and it's just been it's been fun. It's been fun getting to interview people. Um, so go ahead and like, subscribe, leave a comment. Go ahead and hit that bell notification. Uh, so you can get notified every time we drop an episode if you're listening on YouTube. Uh, We will have another interview after this one. I'm gonna do my best, and I have been trying to do my best to line up interviews for you guys since I know you guys like them, and they're fun. I enjoy doing them, I enjoy talking to people, Uh, and some time now, I mean, like, my interviews, they're starting to become very long because we have Nice conversations, really fun conversations. So I may start splitting some of these episodes up, and you guys might get to listen to some, uh, to some fun episodes of you know one person who you might get to hear twice, uh, and that would be pretty fun. So if you guys like that, go ahead and leave some comments uh, to let me know that you guys want that to happen. Um, if you haven't yet, I have this competition going on. And uh, you guys should totally do it. Uh, If you can get four people to message me separately with your name and a question of their own, you will be entered to win Amusings of an Extrovert Blanket. That will end next month in October. So please go ahead and do that. Go let two people who don't listen to the... Or four people, sorry, who don't listen to the show... um, have them email me at muentesandco at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk. You can also tell them to go to muentesco.com slash podcast and hit the Ask Me Anything button. And that'll take them to my request form and they can ask their question that way. Well, this has been awesome. My name is Darvin Muentes. I am your resident extrovert and...
1: Greg Woodard, your resident introvert. It was a joy to be on your podcast, Darwin.
0: That was Musings of an Extrovert. Thank you guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful day.